Oh, we gotta keep the spoilers to a minimum. We'll get to that exciting, exciting match. Hello. Welcome back to Michigan's own Bestman Benchwarmers podcast. I'm your host, Alex Merrill. And here today, as is usual, is Cody Wood. How's it going, everybody? And of course, Matt Corser. Hello, hello. And also, we have a special guest today, uh, Michigan's very own Mark Rawberg. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Big fan. For this week's topic, we have a uh, event that we we did uh, against Minnesota. Seven-on-seven-person tournament. That was uh, every game was streamed. All four of us were participants. I know, uh, Matt, you set it up. Uh, how did all this happen? So I was tagged in a uh, hexiled Discord message by uh, Paul Olson, who ended up being the Minnesota captain, saying something to the effect of, I guess we're I guess we're doing some kind of team tournament now. And most of it had got kind of put together by rookie one. He's a streamer who's out of the Minnesota area. It was generally just kind of a, Hey, I know Smikey's and Matt and uh, our play out of Michigan. And they know a bunch of Minnesota players. So he was just trying to essentially come up with something to do while we were waiting for the next exiled event. So me and Paul were like, yeah, let's, I, I'm like, I think I have seven friends who live in the state who are good enough to play. And Paul had seven, six other friends. And a couple of them were actually good at X-Wing. Well, not only six friends. Yeah. A couple of them. It was not only six friends, but six friends who could play and who are also decent enough to give us the win. So, yeah, I'll take that as a personal slide. Sounded like we only had five friends to begin with, and we had to go recruiting for the sixth friend. That's true. This is also true. How and our recruited friend brought home the bacon, which means two of our friends owe him beer. Yeah, everyone who lost owes the other team members beer. So we'll look forward to seeing them. Yeah, the recruited friend, um, he won us the round one, so he started us off strong. Set the pace real early. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> I was going to say it was so early, it was over by game five. <laughs> <laughs> we front-loaded all these matchups. <laughs> well, you know, spoiler alert, I guess uh, Michigan won five to two in the series. As it should be. Oh, no. We lost twice. That's sort of unacceptable. Alex. I'm sorry Plo Koon couldn't actually kill anyone. It's not my fault. I tried. I'm more I'm honestly more disappointed in Josh. Like not that I not that I didn't have faith in you, Alex, but I expected Josh to win his match more handedly than, you know, it happened. So it's fair. More handedly than losing. <laughs> we're gonna save the deets for the breakdown or are we gonna yeah, yeah. jump right into it. I just wanna talk about a little bit yeah, like how it was how it was assembled because we um, had to ban either a upgrade or a pilot for every faction. And then also we did alternating pair offs, right, Matt? Yep. So the way the, the way the uh, pair offs went was we did it the way that the Corona renegades team tournament did it. So me and Paul got together and he said, Hey, since we're the ones who kind of initiated this challenge, we'll, I will let you decide whether you want to be player one or player two. So I decided to be player two. And the way it worked out was player one put forward a list and then player two picked two lists that he had that he wanted to potentially go up against that list. And then player one. So for the first round, he put up his um, he put up his resistance list, Chewbacca, two T-70s and Rose. And I put up Alex's list, Plo, two arcs, and Hawk. And I put up Josh's list, Han, Jake, Nora. He picked, I want I want my resistance list to fly against the Republic list. So the next round, 
he has to, he Paul had to pick two lists that he wanted to go up against Han, Jake, Nora, and then so on and so forth. So the so out of the two lists that get put up, one of them will always be picked the next round, and that kind of so you we alternated of, between putting up two to the final one. So you sort of picked your own counter pick, is what you would say for that one. I think that's a really cool way to run like a, a team tournament like that. Yeah. It would, it was like, you know, I didn't want to do anything super crazy cause it's just a one week thing. And Paul and I were on the same team in the Corona team tournament. So we both knew how it worked and we were just like, okay, yeah, we'll just do this. After having see how it all went down, would there, would you change anything with the pairing process or the selections going forward? I, I think it was fine. It was pretty fair. There was no really, inherent advantage to being either player a or player b i mean if we were going to play like a longer tournament i think i would try something different but you know for just a one-off event it seemed to work out fine and the right team that's the important part hardest part for me on the outside was trying to stir up uh disagreements and stuff with minnesota they're such a harmless state all of a sudden they gotta try and make fun of minnesota like you got to dig real deep for that. I mean, I think you had the best one about how Lakes is just better. They try and claim Lake Superior, but we we know. We're the Great Lakes State. They're all ours. Even Lake Ontario? Nope. Also, our lakes are much bigger, and that's the important part. Size is all that matters. Don't let anyone <laughs> tell you anything different. <laughs> Minnesota had some interesting bands, I think, because, again, we did one for each faction. For Rebels, they banned Wolfwaro because I assume they were just very scared of that Polish national list and forgot that Jake exists. So I, I can I can go into a little bit because Paul and I got together and we did the bans. We just went through and was like, for this faction, this is what we're banning for this faction. Like we just got together and he gave me a little bit of insight into their bands so it's just it's kind of like interesting what different areas of the country view as dangerous so he he said he talked to his team and a lot of his team members have just had really bad experience with that polish nationals list and just they don't want that angry wolfaro anywhere near the game at all which i i want i understand but you know when we get into our bands we can talk about why we decided to ban what we did for the Rebel Alliance, which, I mean, we could probably just go and just do their bans, our bans for each faction. So we we decided to ban Jake because we, I mean, I think we all, all seven of us agreed that Jake just offers so much utility and enables so many lists in that faction. And at 34 points, you could slot him anywhere. And you just said the key word right there. He's an enabler. He's a consistent enabler. So you take Jake out, and Wolfaro's not as good anymore. Uh, Han's not as good. So many things just aren't as good. I think Matt mentioned a good point about how our band was trying to target as many lists as possible, whereas their band seemed to just be pointed at one specific list. And this kind of strategy was seen in a few of their bands where they were just trying to prevent us from bringing a single list as opposed to like a generic archetype, which is, I think the strategy we tried to use for most of them. That definitely does seem like it, especially once we get to like the resistance ban or their, uh, FO bands. Me and Matt got together one night and then get together, just talked one night and then Matt talked to everybody else. The empire, uh, <clears throat> bands were, Pretty similar, as you'd probably expect. We've been banging out about this for a couple episodes now. They banned the Baron of the Empires, the V1s, and we banned the Generic Inquisitor V1s. Because they're both just strong lists right now that are seeing a lot of play, and a lot of people have been having good success with them. Either being either Foresight or Procket Barons. Matt, when you talk to Paul about this was there a what was the consensus between the inquisitor and the uh, ban because i know we talked about like which one do we ban between the two of them quite a bit i think his consensus was the uh the procket ruthless tracer shenanigans that's just it's nasty it's nasty it's efficient a lot of those ships just don't die 
think that was their big concern. But I had a flying empire, and no, that's I'm not. I wasn't going to fly that. But you know, I understand why they would have banned it because obviously we considered banning the barons as well. Well, especially, I mean, we can get to this later, but I was probably going to jump to the Empire and you to the FO player if they ban something specifically in FO. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, the Barons of the Empire I think those brockets are just really good. It's a lot of, like, lower ship kind of counts, because just that spike damage with the consistency off the Thread Tracers and the brockets and the Ruthless, you're going to get a lot of hits. You should get five hits. It's like 4.8 or something. That's just going to devastate whatever list is going to go against. Mm-hmm. Our uh, scum picks were exactly the same because I think that was pretty straightforward. We both banned the uh, cartel spacer seeks. No one wants that. We're, we're tired of that now. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I mean, like it's something we've been talking about almost since the first episode. Just how good cartel spacers are so good, and I just. Any chance to not see it across the table was like, yeah, would, like let's just make that a non-thing. I think a sec, a high second pick for us was potentially Zam Crew. Don't you curse us like that, Mark? We do not want the cartels here forever, okay? No, never want to see cartels. I mean, I don't like playing against swarms personally, and I think most people don't like playing as swarms, or else either us or the Minnesota team would have flown the other V1s that were not banned for their Empire list. I mean, Michigan's a land of the aces anyways. Are we, are we taking that crowd? That's fine. Oh, I remember I was playing like uh, in 1.0 towards the tail end. We were still on aces and all that. Raxoon tier and all that. So this is the decimator state. <laughs> it really is. So uh, the resistance pick, they chose Ray, which makes sense. She can hit pretty hard. We chose easy because I think that's probably the better ship and more list that's going to go into. It stopped their five um, A player from playing five A's. I don't know who was their five A player. It was the guy I was going to go against, the resistance guy. So this was another list where Paul uh, pick where Paul and I talked, and he had said that his people in his area have like had a lot of trouble with Ray and have gone against a lot of Ray. And, you know, I understand I, I don't like Ray. Like, I just don't. I would have, Ray would have been my pick over ZZ, but I, I agree. I think ZZ is the better overall option to ban. He's just, he's so good. He's so cheap. He slots in well with a lot of lists. I love Ray, though. Ray's so much fun to play. <laughs> I know Cody and I play a, a fair bit of Ray casually, and it's it's fun just chucking five dice or so. Five dice, fully modded. Hello. Jousting the ship, yeah. Especially with Stealth Device. Who would ever joust? Also, yeah, Stealth Device on Ray is the only way to go. <laughs> All those shield upgrades, okay? That cracks me up. <laughs> Maybe for you, man. <laughs> so here's the interesting pick. Our first order bans. They banned Malaris. Like, obviously, in the side shuttle, not the TIE fighter. And we banned Kylo, the pilot, not the crew, obviously. But, like, <laughs> I don't see many first order lists. I mean, there's only basically two, right? Just silencers and Malarus swarms. But also, we have noted triple science player Cody on our team. And they chose to ban Malarus. That's great. They we banned Kylo and then played as Kylo. And they banned Malarus and then played as Malarus. I mean, they weren't going to do any weird, like, Tavson, quick draw, jank kind of stuff. That'd be weird. And isn't Tavson Kylo a power list? Didn't it make the finals? It did. Yeah. Supernatural Kylo and Tavson did do well at uh, that one Tri-City tournament. Looking at these bands... It seems like they're really afraid of, like, swarms, which is why they did the Malarus ban. Yes. Uh, Baron of the Empire is the six-ship variant as opposed to the five uh, Inkies. Uh, I mean, obviously, Cartel Spacers. It's just they seem to... Do they have, like, good swarm players up there, or are they just not, like, going against three agility swarms? No one likes going against that. (laughs) I was going to say that, yeah, which is fair, but... Yeah, it seemed like they were much going against specific lists instead of just list archetypes. Because yeah, Kylo is, without a doubt, the best ship in FO. He's 
what top three best ships in the game still i would say so letting him get by was shocking like i was getting ready not to play fo because when we did everything i was just like kyle was going to be banned why we even like planning to have him right there no i was i was surprised as well and that like i was talking to paul as well about this ban it just i think it's interesting to go show what different regions of the country think or just different players in general think of as like boogeymen because i know we we had discussed malaris malaris as well banning but like kylo was just a no-brainer just because of all the things you said he's just such a good ship and you can put him in a lot of different lists and he works well on those lists but you know like matt like if if, if kylo yeah like i said if kylo wasn't going to be banned if, if kylo had been banned we would have flown something else for fo probably like a hollow hollow and friends but that didn't happen so the next one is also the same uh, we just both banned the 7b config for the republic seems very straightforward especially in extended you know you can get obi-wan 7b's really good generic 7b's are really good with lats i mean it's, it seemed like a no-brainer i mean what else are you gonna ban in republic especially since you can't just ban a chassis. So the lat's going to be there. I don't even think we discussed anything else that wasn't 7B. And the Separatist faction, we both banned the same thing. It was both Zam, Pilot, because very easy to build around her. A lot of good things you could do, and no one really wants to deal with that, honestly. And, you know, what else are you going to play? Definitely not a droid swarm. I, I was pretty much banking on paul flying separatists for them and i'm sure paul was banking on ryan flying separatists for us but in the off chance that someone not paul was flying cis i think zam's the correct call but i, I also understand why they banned it you know you never know if someone's trying to test something out with zam and toys but because sam is just so good she's way too cheap she should be more expensive than Django fett and she's just, she's nasty and degenerate. 100%. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think we would have banned anything. I mean, if we're worried about swarms, maybe like the, just your vulture droids, but you also have hyena bombers that will do things and tri fighters now that will do things. And if you do that, then Zam's coming with the fire spray, and that's not fun. So it seemed pretty straightforward with that. Yeah, I think if we had banned like the Techno Union bomber or the Trade Federation drone, they would have just flown Zam and friends. So next up is just the pairings that we did, which is pretty interesting. The first game was between um, their Rebels and our Resistance players. So they had a weird, they had a really weird Rebel list. It was Naked Wedge, Intimidation Arvel, and then two U-Wings. Uh, Bodhi with Leia and um, Benthic with uh, Jin and Perceptive. So you can pass off the focus or an evade. Anyone takes a focus can take an evade. Kind of janky. Bodhi lets you lock farther than you normally would. So I guess that helps Wedge coming in. But I wasn't exactly sure on their thought process with this list. Seemed pretty interesting. I think their thought process was they were going to try to get Oval close so that everybody can take a toggle lock before the first round of engagement. And then like just come in with double mods. Wedge has focus. Uh, evade target lock and it's just going to make something really sad also this had a really interesting over with intimidation versus merle with intimidation yeah our resistance player had a uh, intimidation merle uh v in the pod rose and two of the ps1x wings that are really good at blocking things especially with v oh, merle's got a uh, agility reducing twice over if he does it right it could be a really nasty list. Plus, it's still uh, about five ships or six ships, five ships. Six ships. Yeah, yeah, six. All with a decent amount of uh, offensive output. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're reducing agility things, it can get really nasty. So, um, thankfully, our recruited team member Sam Page managed to uh, take that one for us. Started off strong, one zero. I didn't end up watching this game. Do you guys see any part of this game at all? I watched the whole thing. It was pretty good. Yeah, how uh, how did that game play out? It was, uh, I thought it was back and forth, yeah. Yeah, it went very back and forth. There was a few 
missed blocks that he had on Merle that could have been clutch, but you know, it worked out in the end. I think there was a, there was a few misplays on both, on both ends, but yeah, it was, it was kind of a, a back and forth right there. And then right after like the last, like right before a turn or two before the last engagement, it was essentially over for the rebel player, but yeah, it was a pretty good game overall. Cool. Next, our next game was, um, they had a uh, Vader soon tier and major vendor, Really weird major vendor with no palp or lock support in any way. So it was, I believe it was advanced proton torpedoes, tor- uh, just normal proton torpedoes as well, and FCS, all that goodies. And a seven point bid. And those versus uh, Josh, friend of the show, Josh, he was our first guest with his Han Nora Jake list that he's been flying forever. And that's just a solid list that we know going in. Unfortunately, Josh did not win. It was kind of a weird game from what I understand when you guys were talking about it. Very back and forth. Um, Josh was down early when Han got bullied by the two I-6s, like coming at him, I think, a little bit faster than he thought. But Nora and Jake were able to really bring it back after some key blocks. And it Josh, it could have went either way, really, at the end. It came down to pretty much one move. Did you say like Nora turned away so she didn't get a shot in the last turn or something? It was, I, I think Nora was going to die anyways. Near the end, it was more the ability to punish the Imperial player for the kill on Nora, but Jake ended up boosting to where it put him out of position to get a shot on Vader. Gotcha. It was a one hole Vader too, right? That was like super close. Yeah. So now it's 1 1 Minnesota, Michigan. The next game was, uh, you played it right, man. You had a uh, you know, an Imperial Aces essentially, and versus like a Django Tri Fighter list that was kind of weird. A couple of fearsome predators, right, and the other one that gets a lock if someone has a lock on it. I don't remember droid names. Dis three four seven something. Well, tell us about the game, Matt. I know you won. That's the important part. <laughs> yeah, I had I flew Vader soon to. Your, I did win. I was I was not sure I was going to win after the first engagement, but I ended up Darth Vader carried the game. But um, yeah, I, I had Vader soon to in the Grand Inquisitor, and uh, yeah, I just I did not call what his tri fighters were going to do right after the third round, and I just put soon to in a bad position, and I completely like forgot the whole Zam false transponder code interaction. Otherwise, had I remembered, I just wouldn't have shot at Django with Suntir because if I hadn't shot at Suntir, if I hadn't shot at Django, Suntir would have had his focus and would have just not taken any damage from the entire Tri-Fighter swarm. So, yeah, that made me feel real bad. And you charged up uh, one of the charges? Yeah. Yeah, I would have just target locked with the Inquisitor or something to just get it off, which I should have done. To be completely honest, I didn't know if he was going to turn in on the Inquisitor or turn away, which he ended up turning away from the Grand Inquisitor. But I pretty much like sacrificed Suntir to get like some damage in on Django, and then he Zam killed him, and then Vader pretty much just did the rest of the work, just murdered Django, and then after Django was dead, it was pretty much just killing tri-fighters with those holes, no shields to protect from Vader crits, and it was down to half on the grand, and Vader didn't take any damage, and he had one tri-fighter left, and he was like, yeah, this is, I'm not going to win this, and that was our second win. Vader did seem really, really happy to be going against those tri-fighters. Just popping them left and right, seemed like after Django went down. Yeah, I mean, it was, I've, I've always wanted to see the fearsome predators and I, I think I took the strain one time because I'm like, the only shot coming at me is a range three. I like the Tri-Fighters a lot, but like every game that I've ever seen them play, they just get popped super fast. I, I mean, it's just nature of three hull, three agility. Who did they pop the fierce or fearful prey condition on again? They put it on Vader, which it only procced one time. And I chose to let it go because I had a focus, but the only shot I was going to take, I believe he had, he had two or three hits on me and I rolled 
it was two hits. I rolled evade focus and I know I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a range three shot. I'm still going to get three dice. So I'm like, I'll spend a force and have the focus if the other shot is good. So he shot at me, it was three on three, didn't do any damage. And I think that was the only time it actually procced on Vader. Seems like a strange ship to attach that condition to, considering he has other mods available to him in the force. I would have thought a more token-dependent ship like Suntir would be the target of that condition. I thought so too, but I'm, I'm not here to tell other people how to play the game. So I thought that's why we started a podcast, is to tell people how to play the game. <laughs> so that's good. That puts us up to one. And then we get the Mark's massacre of a game. Spoiler alert. Oh, I'm sorry. Mark, go ahead and tell us about the game. All right. Well, I played a tried and true Torkelmux, some Cartel Marauders, and Seavor list. And my opponent, Fugues, brought his four Fearless Fangs that he has apparently played in several events. I, uh... Didn't have any practice with this list, only kind of thought about it while laying in bed at night about what I might do. But, you know, accidentally making the correct decisions is still making the correct decisions. So he ended up just splitting his fangs up into two groups and really just coming as fast as he could at me. It didn't end up working out. His first engagement, he just didn't have, wasn't able to focus all on one ship. And I was able to, every turn, kill one plus fang which resulted in a pretty brutal 219 victory you gave up 19 mov i'm disappointed uh, was yeah. that half on the cartel mm-hmm. very sad well i mean i mean the list works great right torkel just drops someone down to zero and then you have sevor shoot at him so now they're jammed so now they lose all that stuff and then they have three other cartel marauders shooting at them and you have Zam on Torkoal, so you're getting a lot of shots. A good good chance of just PS killing something. This game was a good a good lesson for showing that mods are useful. I don't think outside of the first engagement where he had focuses after coming in, he bumped pretty much every the rest of the turns and never had any defensive mods. And you can't really only rely on natural dice to save you from your bad decisions. Uh, he did end up rolling a lot of focuses on his defensive rolls, but didn't have anything to flip him over to evade. So he ended up eating most of what I threw at him. Hey, Concordia can save lives sometimes. Not if it's the only evade you're getting. <laughs> I watched the replay and I'm like, somebody needs to call the police on Mark for assaulting these poor fangs because gosh it was just rough i feel like the game was only like six rounds looking back <laughs> i didn't go very far with any of my ships from my portage and i know your list is just a brutal list it's eliminated me from like worlds last year it's eliminated me from multiple things it's just you end up in one bad spot like it seems like his fangs did and you're losing a ship which is pretty true to the story it's a very strong jousting list, and Mark, if you're good at anything, it's definitely jousting lists, let me tell you. Very low decision-making uh, trees there. I, I, I'm going to take offense to that, because Mark over here is undefeated with the triple silencers, okay? He might be the best triple silencer player on Michigan. Great at net listing. Big fan. So that put Michigan up 3-1. Great start. Next person we was going to play was Staniszewski. So we had, we had some high hopes <laughs> to actually clinch this. It was their Warthog, 74-point Warthog, and three arcs versus um, Ryan's Droid Swarm salad kind of thing that he's toying around with. I didn't see this game because it was pretty late at night, right? Yeah, it was a 10.30 game on a Thursday. And it was relatively close because he one-shot Three TIE Fighters. Well, not TIE Fighters, three droids. That's that's not what you want to see. <laughs> but otherwise, Ryan did what he does best, and that is put his droids where they need to be and take like have the best nets. 
everything was walking into nets. So you had some what Discord missiles on on those droids. There's ion missiles and torpedoes in the list. So you have ion control. Tri fighter in there because that's awesome, fun, wholesome. Dark one pro droids. Plasma torpedoes, ion torpedoes. Yeah, I mean those plasmas are just gonna ruin the arcs and the lat for sure. Like there's that first hit strip and that was shields off real quick. That's what ended up happening too. The first shot of the game was just like a range three, like two droids versus one arc, and the arc lost all of its shields just like that. Poor arcs. They deserve better than that. Debatable. <laughs> they got what they deserve. So, thankfully, Ryan pulled it out. So, 4 1, that means Michigan wins, which is the best. Quick and easy. <laughs> and I made my game basically pointless, which is However, great. Because it was almost pointless, we had to add some extra stakes after we won 4-1. to one. So the stakes were, anybody who loses, because, you know, we won and you can't disappoint Michigan, has to buy all the winners a round of beers when we can all get together again. We're making the stipulation. It's got to be Michigan beers, though, right? Of course. I mean, yeah, Michigan won, so. If Minnesota would have won, I guess we would have had to do Minnesota beers. Do they even have Minnesota, like, I mean, they drink more than us. <laughs> Yeah, but they're like local. I don't think they do anything nationally. I'm sorry. If, please enlighten me. I want to try some Minnesota beers right now. Is it like PBR from Minnesota? I believe. I could be wrong. No, PBR is from Wisconsin. If you ever, if you ever find Moose Drool, Moose Drool is from Minnesota. I will actually vouch for. I will vouch for Moose Drool. That's pretty good beer. I'll give them that. Yeah, it's a pretty. It's, just, it's a solid beer. Not my favorite by any means, but I mean, it, it does the job. It's good. It's good. Well, I tried delaying, talked about my game as long as I could. It was uh, me versus the resistance player. Good guy. Uh, he had Chewbacca, two BBT-70s, and Rose. And I had my uh, Plo Koon, seven fleet gunner Latin, two dedicated arcs. And, uh, I had confidence in this matchup till I started practicing against it and lost every single time. So I, I did not win this game. I tried. I really did. The lad lived amazingly in the first round of combat. It took like nine damage out of its 10. It's fine. He had um, false transponder codes and he just target locked me with Chewbacca and ripped off my reinforce, which I totally forgot that was going to be a thing. So that sucked. And um, arcs did pretty well. I got a lot of dedicated off. I got recognized on stream by using Plo Koon's ability because people forgot that he has ability, which is great. And then um, Plo Koon couldn't kill everything. It was just down to Plo Koon, two X-Wings and Rose. And I tried hitting things hard. It's not going to work. I thought you had a pretty decent opening by trading the Lats for Chewbacca and I think one of the X-Wings also kind of traded for, or a lot of health on one of the X-Wings traded for a lot of health, or some health on one of the arcs. But the X-Wings ended up just punching you way too hard near the end to kind of put the momentum on their side. Yeah, it's tough going against four ships when three of yours are one agility ships. You just don't output enough damage for what you're taking, especially if it's Chewbacca's getting another attack when he dies or one of his buddies dies. So I knew I had to take him out first, but that's still another. Like, I ate four damage from the first shot, and then he shot my other arc for another, like, three damage or something like that. So it's a lot on one turn to try to deal with just a Falcon. Yeah, if you were able to do one more damage to that X-Wing, it would have died. So it would have been, like, a full-health Plo Koon against a shieldless Rose and a full-health X-Wing. Which, I mean, you had like 20 minutes. Plo Koon could just kill uh, Rose and run for time, right? And so you got halved, and then it was basically over after that. Yeah, I, I had to. I actually took a, a range three shot on the one of the X Wings to try to kill it because if I killed it, I'd be up by two points because I did the math. <laughs> but uh, alas, it wasn't in the cards. It was a well fought game, though. He was a good guy. Just didn't want to lose that and buy beer. <laughs> And disappoint the entire state of Michigan. I mean, what else do I do, right? (laughs) 
Anyways, 4-2, still <laughs> one. Cody, your game literally just happened. That's the time I was recording. Yep. What a crazy game. It really was. That was... We spent 20 minutes. So, they had the Malorous Swarm, but they had an interesting take on the Malorous Swarm because they had Malorous with Hondo, four cadets, and a Sino Jameis engineer, which, like I said, amazing ship. MVP of my triple silencer list. And then I ran Kylo with Extreme Maneuvers, Ion Torps, uh, Recoil with Predator, and then the Sino Jameis with Advanced Optics, because that's just better than Rush. I don't care that you can get PS6. It's better, I promise you. Um, and it, with the way the obstacles were set up, because he, he brought small rocks, the entire bottom left corner of the map was just void of any obstacles. And the Malice Swarm tried to live there. And I was not going to go anywhere near there because I needed my obstacles to uh, survive. Um, eventually, I got him to like sort of take a bait on Kylo. So that he came towards the obstacles. And it was just like a poke damp game, really. Uh, he poked two damage in on the Sino Jameis range three because I didn't take a focus. I thought I was going to be outside of range three. And as soon as he pulled up the firing arc, I'm like, oof. And then um, it was just a really tight game. Uh, with like 20 minutes left, I was up 13-0. Had half damage to one TIE fighter. And then I messed up. I had a call where I could have done a five straight with recoil. Because he had recoil in a corner. And he was coming in. And he had the opportunity to crash basically on just about any move that he wanted to on mine. So I thought the five straight would be a little bit too obvious a maneuver. I tried to do the two hard. He blocks the two hard and recoil now has six shots, mostly double modded, mostly range one coming at him. And he obviously did not survive. Um, luckily, Kylo was able to half point his Sino Jameis in the exchange but i'm now down and had to do some more tricky fun things and change my target from the sino Jameis eventually to his malarist because i looked at the math and i would have been up by four points and last round of the game he tries blocking for his malarist uh blocking kylo and he tries to hard engage on my center Jameis to get half points on it because then I have to kill Malaris, who had five health left. I got lucky. His Malaris rolled three blanks, re rolled into a blank. So my center Jameis survived with his focus. And then I had to spin a focus on a range three through a gas cloud shot because I rolled one eyeball and four blanks <laughs> just to not get half pointed. And I ended up not killing his Malarus, but Kylo was able to half-point his Malarus, so everything was okay in the end. That was a crazy game. So why did you do that too hard in with Rico near the end? I thought you were for sure doing some five straight, just get out of dodge. Because of that right there, because I overthought it. Because I thought my opponent would be like, he's for sure doing the five straight, get out of dodge, I'm going to... Uh, turn in on the five straight. So if he did that, then the two hard, I just like barrel roll boost and I'm out of everybody's arc and home free. Ah, the classic land war in Asia. Ryan Johnson of X-Wing. You subverted the expectations, but then it crashed and burned. <laughs> so that was all the games. We ended up going 5-2. Those were actually really, really good games all around, basically all of them, except for Mark. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Too good. <laughs> it was fun. I uh, enjoyed uh, playing in team tournaments. I haven't done that in a long time. And it was nice that everyone's playing their own faction. I really like the banning things. I think that's a cool format. And then we should steal and appropriate it. Yeah, that was a good um, idea by uh, Staniszewski. Yeah, it was really good. I, it was really fun. I enjoyed it. And I think you can only do the bands in extended because hyperspace is a little bit too. Because we did talk about like, do we want this hyperspace? Do we want this extended? 
Like, how do we want to do this? And ex- hyperspace, there's just not enough toys, especially like FO. <laughs> hey, you ban Kylo and you're stuck with a really bad Malibus swarm? Yeah, or a, a bad hollow rush jank. I don't even know. But it was, it was fun. I like playing with the uh, all the old toys. I don't get to play with them much anymore. Well, it does beg the question, do we, we do go against other M, M states? There's four more out there. We can do it. I'm fine going against just any state. Yeah, I mean, we should go against a bunch of other states, but also we can claim to be the best M state. I mean, to be fair, we were always the best M state. This is just, I guess, was the exclamation point. I was proving on a national level. There you go. <laughs> I mean, aren't we like universe champions, world champions right now because we won the tournament? Is that how it goes? I'm not going to dispute that. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, coming on, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for jumping Anytime. on. Anytime. Appreciate it, Mark. Always good seeing you. Good job getting the W. Yeah, you too. <laughs> and you too, Matt. Yeah, thanks. Hi, Alex. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for coming on, Mark. We'll see you around. I just wanted to go briefly over the uh, other event that happened this week. It was the GSP recruit tournament. The lower level, I believe it's uh, people who had two wins or less in this tournament. I think it was one or two. I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't know if the zeros were included on in that. Fair I enough. Think were. <laughs> I think, I think the well, idea with this tournament was anybody could play in these events. So okay. you could, as long as you went oh and two, you could have played in this. I think you had to go zero and two. It was you couldn't go zero and one and drop and get in. Yeah, right. yeah. You, I don't think if you dropped, you didn't qualify. But yeah, fair enough. Well, I mean, it was a bunch. There's there's some quality players in this tournament. Don't get me wrong. Don't know how they managed to pull off being in like the lowest tier one. But you know, I mean, you know, I'm people sure people off days. Like, could only play in like one. Maybe some people could only play in one tournament and they had a, a bad day. Like, you know, I've had I've had my share of bad tournament days. It happens. So. Oh, I, I fully understand. <laughs> Anyways, I just want to talk about just the top four lists and then the finals. Finals were a little bit rough. We'll, we'll talk about the list. Uh, the top four. And this was, I believe, the, the first one in Swiss. He was a no. It was Brandon Dossman Damon. He had the four Procket Barons with Ruthless and two uh, Thread Tracers Barons. Talked about it quite a bit. Very strong. Something is getting Elfred off the board because you aren't actually going to one round a Baron. Like, you really shouldn't. Not, not very often if it happens at all. And that target lock, like, focus Procket is. Like four and a half hits easy, and then you have ruthless, and that's it's worth taking out a shield on one of yours. We're doing that much kind of spike damage. Mm-hmm. Um, the second top four list was Cam Murray. He was doing um, five X wings, but they were all the uh, I three ones. You know, we were talking about how important I threes are in the meta right now, and he he actually beat the uh, Baron list, which is pretty good. And something to keep in mind with this is it is hyperspace. So you don't really have any good upgrades for the PS once. Correct. So it was, it was a good match. I mean, five X wings still solid, you know, hard to get through a lot of attack dice. It's a good gatekeeping list. And, you know, it could do well if you do it right. Which obviously Cam did. He made it to the top final table with it. Yep. For sure. I mean, he's a great player, too, so that helps. <laughs> um, James Ellis was also in the top four. He had the uh, Zam Grievous, Burr Cret, all of them with Treacherous and Burr with Predator, all that kind of stuff. We talked about it before. Treacherous still making waves. Mm-hmm. But he, um, he lost to the eventual winner. Spoilers was uh, Fabian. Not going to try to pronounce that last name. Uh, Django Zam. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, it was an interesting Django Zam because it was like weird treacherous. They both had bombs, hall upgrade, false transponder codes. Django's the one that had Dooku. And that, uh, that the final game was, I was watching it. 
was half watching. I was watching every game too, Cody. So I didn't catch everything, but it was kind of a kind of an unfortunate game from what I saw. Django actually got off his ability for a kill too, which was pretty cool. <laughs> nice. I do really like treacherous on these, especially like a swarming meta. Like anytime you can like save a shield and refresh it because there's a swarm, so you kill a ship, you get it back. Like it might be a cheaper um, general grievous crew. I believe treacherous is only when one of your own ship dies, you get it back, any, or is it just any ship? Any hmm. ship? Yep, any ship. I was thinking the Grievous crew. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it worked. Yeah, it works well. Like, as a, you know, there's a reason we called it an emerging trend in hyperspace, right? Because it's the more ships out there, the better it gets. And, you know, essentially free um, damage mitigation. And it can strain something if you're shooting back, if you're low enough. Like, Grievous always has that. So cannot figure out how these two agility ships that can't stay out of arcs are winning tournaments, though. They disengage a lot, and they have their they leverage their rear arc a lot. Gosh, I'm I'm sure someone will like get mad at me for saying this, and I don't care. I'm tired of fire sprays. Like I'm just, I know they're thematic. I know they're fun to fly. They're a cool-looking ship. I personally love the ship. I'm just, I'm tired. I'm just tired of seeing them all the time. Boba got rid of his crew slot, and like, okay, people aren't going to fly Boba as much now. But like, oh my gosh, like every, I feel like every day I turn on a stream anywhere, there's always some form of Zam or Django somewhere, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm just tired. I'm just tired of seeing fire sprays everywhere. Actually, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry for thinking that. My favorite part is the moment they re- remove the crew slot from Boba is the moment they release the CIS fire spray. Like, I'm pretty sure that was the same points update, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. Gotta keep them relevant somehow, right? Yep. <laughs> I mean, like, this double fire spray is just basically, I want to still play 1.0, right? I kind of feel that way about any two ship list in second edition. Yeah, they're all just basically playing combo wing. Yeah, just a lot of cheap upgrades, too, in the Separatist faction. I mean, you got the false transponder codes at two. I think Treacherous is at two. Yep. And I, 10. Zam is undercosted. Like I mentioned earlier, I, she should be more points than Django by at least three or four, in my opinion. Can we also talk about why is false transponder codes only two points? Hey, when it was coming out, people thought it was going to be bad. I mean, yeah, but people also thought like Seven B Jedi were going to be bad when they came out. Why are we trusting people when things are before they get released? Well, like I mean, I know it's not in the same list, but like Thread Tracers are also two points. Those are like I think almost every, most stuff that came out this wave. Not everything, but like Fire Spray related and Thread Tracers was just undercosted. I will go with. Our, our first episode opinion of I still don't think this is an incredible list. Why is this winning? Guys, come on. Here's 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 what I think. People who are doing well with this list would do better with other lists. Like they're obviously good players doing well with a subpar list. Just imagine how much better they would be doing with a good list. I just don't understand how these two agility ships aren't taking damage. I think it's they people don't expect them to disengage as much as they do because people expect people to honorably joust them, right? So they're a little bit surprised when they do like a force trade or something. Now they're shooting out the rear arc or one hard boost away from everything while still getting shots. I think that's it right there. Those things, just, just the ability to have three attack dice in the front and the back is extremely powerful. There's not a lot of ships out there. You You get like the arc and the lambda you get three out the front and then two in the rear. Doesn't make it nearly as scary. I mean, it's still nice to have that shot out the rear, but being able to fire forward, like you being able to disengage and, oh, I'm range one, I'm still shooting four dice. Well, I guess the other thing I have is against three agility ships, you don't have enough attacks to punch through consistent damage. Like the Barons, I figured we just, you have one Baron, block this. 
block a uh, fire spray, and now you have two pockets lined up. Like, what's the fire spray going to do besides die? <laughs> I mean, you, you do have some support, right? You could change focuses to blanks if you did a lower speed man- or uh, an easier maneuver than the other one. If you're Django, you still have multiple attacks with Zam. You still have Dukru. So if they ever get hit by a thermal detonator, just give them a crit. I mean, I guess that goes back to your thing of people are bad against bombs because nobody, like, it's not on the board when you're thinking about it, I'm assuming, is my uh, take on it. So it's harder to actually quantify what's going to be there and what the range one bubble is. Especially the thermal detonators, too, because if you only drop one, you have four bombs, right? You don't have to drop two each time. That's that's a lot more bombs for that price than you're going to get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Although it has a possibility of not damaging them, it still has a good chance of doing something bad. Uh, you said it'd be a real shame if they had something to make sure it was always a damage. <laughs> a crit nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind double fire sprays. I can beat them, but I don't want to play against them. I think a lot of things in that list, now that they're doing well, like... We haven't seen Dooku crew anywhere until the fire spray comes out. Like I think we're just kind of seeing that some of the stuff might be a tad, tad bit undercosted. But so the thing with Dooku crew is, I think he's undercosted and overcosted, and rightfully priced, I should say, because he didn't have a chassis to go on before this. You can put him on, like Scimitar. <laughs> yeah, and then eventually the HMP. And on those, it's not like those aren't that good. Like they will die. Whereas the fire spray is maneuverable enough and has enough health but to agility that it's going to stick around a little bit longer. So you get more use out of it. Because every time you change one blank to an evade, it is the uh, a shield upgrade. And if you do that twice, you get two shield upgrades. That's... So 12 points on a fire spray. Or even just the ability, if you're not getting shot, right, you're just pushing crits through because you're going to call that crit all day. Mm-hmm. Or if they hit an asteroid or a debris, you just call the crit and they take it again too, right? It doesn't even have to be in the attacking phase. It's it's a good card. Yep. Just don't do Dooku on Dooku action because apparently no one ever figured that out yet. Uh, there was a ruling on it. Oh, they finally did it. Is it just initiative order? That's good. So, is there uh, anything else we need to talk about, guys? Uh, nothing besides Michigan's the best state. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you have any uh, questions or comments, you can email us at uh, thebestmanbenchwarmers at gmail.com. We're on Twitch now at MIBenchwarmers. Same handle for Twitter. Facebook now. Our Discord server. Everything's great. So uh, I'll see you guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Take care, guys. And Minnesota, please do tell me a good beer to try.